The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Happy Super Valentine Bowl weekend. I'm still a little curious about the merger. I'm not exactly sure who it benefits, but I'm just going to trust that up to somebody either smarter than me or dumber than me. And quite frankly, I can't tell a difference anymore about myself. I see the jersey representation. Thank you, guys. I want to first shout out and love on all of those who are still brokenhearted. This is your place to pout and make all the excuses that it could have been you. And if you would have been there, it would have been different. Just like somebody I know. But uh, I, I love the fact that, you know, we get to play around with football. I love football. I love the fact we get to play around with that on a weekend like this. And to all of you fans, the real fans are the ones who don't just wear the jerseys. You guys watch all of the shows that come along with the hype of the, all the games. And uh, one of my particular favorites is Pardon the Interruption on ESPN. And if you've never seen Pardon the Interruption, um, the two hosts, Mike and Tony, they go back and forth. They crack jokes on one another. They, they debate and disagree. They compare and contrast. Sometimes they, they agree um, about the top topic in sports. So let's go into the show. Like, if we were watching it right now, it would look something like this. And obviously, the top topic would be Who's winning the game? You know what I mean? Like who's, that would be, the, and they would probably spend about, you see the little timer? You see the point three? Right there, okay. Um, they only have a limited amount of time to talk about the topic that they're on. So the game's pretty important. So they, they would probably dedicate about like five minutes today to like who's gonna win the game, offenses, defenses, strengths, that kind of stuff. And then a bell goes off when the time runs out. And they get interrupted by the next topic, which in this case would be greatest wide receiver of all time. Um, and then, you know, they would probably spend about a minute on that and then it would move on and they had to, you know, they'd have to move on to LeBron. I, Cassie and Drew, I see you guys are wearing the Lakers. Congratulations, you guys, on breaking the all-time scoring record. I'm so proud of y'all. I'm so proud of y'all. They would move on to LeBron, breaking the record, stuff like that, right? I love this show because it kind of gives me like an excuse for this, because I actually have the same template running in my head. Mine just kind of looks like this. So like, instead of, instead of just sports, yeah, like, you can see I have a lot of stuff that's just running through my mind, and just like anything else, I got a limited amount of time I can think about it. If I don't want to be late to work, I can probably only spend about a minute and a half thinking about which sneakers I'm going to put on to hook up the outfit. You know what I mean? And then it gets interrupted by breakfast, you know, whatever. And my all-time favorite, is when wifey comes in. But I mean specifically like instructions from my wife. There's different interactions. Now I didn't put my wife's picture in there because a couple of reasons. Because one, I didn't ask her permission. And when she comes here at the 11 and hears this, I'm already gonna get pass interference. Meaning like she didn't give me a pass and she's gonna interfere with my health. Like I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble. But that's the face like I try to put on when she's giving me instructions. Because what she does not know <laughs> is that this, this show is running in my head. And she's only got about, like, let me be honest, she's got like a minute <laughs> to give me instructions on, like, salted or unsalted butter. You know what I mean? Like, when you're going to the grocery store, you know, because you can see what topic's coming in next. So she's running down the list, and all of a sudden, but I'm the only one that hears it. <laughs> 
she's still talking. I got that face dead in her face. Like, but, but the words that are coming out of her mouth, she's saying, make sure you get jasmine rice. I heard Jerry Rice. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I moved on to the next topic. <sighs> and what I should do is just pause the show and be honest with her. But I don't. I just keep staring at her, hoping that some subconscious software is going to download all the instructions and give me them by the time I get to the grocery store. <sighs> Guys, we're heading on 23 years here pretty soon. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I, don't know. <laughs> I must be listening to something important. So if I make it to the summer and celebrate 23 years and, you know, she didn't pardon my life, or she did pardon my life, you know what I'm saying? I love this show, and I feel like when we look at, and we go in Scripture today, obviously, and we're in the Gospels, and I feel like the Gospels are a highlight of, a highlight reel of Jesus, because we don't get every single detail, we just, we get what we need. Like when you watch the highlight reels, you get the, the action that you need, and what you're going to see in this highlight reel today from Jesus is that I feel like if Jesus, if he had a soundtrack to his ministry while he was here on earth, it would be this. Because what you're going to see in this scripture is that Jesus is constantly interrupted. Constantly interrupted by people bringing them their problems and their pain and wanting him to solve them. I mean, constantly. Let me show you. Let me, let's dive in. We are in Mark chapter 5, verse 21. This is a long passage of scripture. And I always like to give people like a heads up about that. Just in case you got the pardon the interruption template going on in your head too. I'm like, hey, 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 get back here. Like, buckle down, all right? When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, this is typical. You're always going to see this. A large crowd, Jesus is always in a press conference, questions, cameras, microphones, always. Even that's an interruption. A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. What horrifying words. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So, Jesus is in a press conference. Jairus interrupts him. He goes, okay. And he goes. Along the way, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. More questions, more, more interviews. Jesus, are you leaving the carpentry business? Is it start a winery? Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? You know, all that kind of stuff. They're, they're, they're hounding him with just surrounding him, right? A large crowd pressed around him. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. This is very important for you to know because blood was very significant. And in this time and in this culture, if you had sicknesses and diseases, you were called unclean. It's all you were known for now, and you would become kind of an outcast, not allowed to associate or be around other people because you don't want to get them unclean, just by simply being in contact with you. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, insurance phone calls, and all this stuff just taking over her life. She'd spent all she had. She went into debt, and yet, instead of getting better, she got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd, 
And she touched his cloak. Just, just barely past his Nikes. Sneaker, I told y'all. At the worst of times. <laughs> she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. She felt it in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once... Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He's on his way to see Jairus. She reaches out and touches. He's interrupted again. Realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around and he asked the crowd, who touched me? Jesus not only pardoned both of these interruptions, he permitted them. There's a difference. He permitted them, and he permitted them for these two because he permits them for us because these two were not, and you are not. You're not an interruption. You're an interaction. That's God's perception of you. You're not an interruption. You're an interaction. That's exactly how God sees you, and you need to hear that today because there is nothing more debilitating in your life than when you desperately need someone and you feel like you're annoying them. Like you're one less thing that they could worry about if you could just be a big girl, go take care of yourself. Nothing that hurts worse than that. But what you're going to see in this passage of Scripture is that both of these people, very important because we're going to break it down in a minute, both these people were worth Jesus' time, power, and attention. And I believe that God was intentional about right where he placed Jesus in the middle of them. I believe he was intentional about it. Because some of us today, when I tell you that you're an interaction with God, you're not an interruption, you won't receive it. We love our online campus, but I wonder if some of you Stay where you are because you don't see yourself as a worthy interaction with us or with God. Not an indictment. We love you online campus. We need you on the days we shut down. We love you. You're the only campus we can actually rely on all the time. But I wonder. I wonder if you in here appreciate the fact that this is a dark room and we only do it because of the light, y'all. We don't do it to let you hide. But some of us do. And I'm not picking on you. I'm actually empathizing with you. I wonder if you feel like you're not an, you're not an interaction. I cannot have the same access to God like they do. They who? Them. Who them? The ones in the front who know how to worship with both touchdown hands. It's good. Because God is good. Meanwhile, I'm just over here like. They have the big, big energy Bible with the Latin and Greek encyclopedia inside of it. My Bible's probably propping up the wobbly table at my house right now, if I'm being honest. They know how to use hallelujah correctly. Like they roll it with the hallelujah. I thought they were saying halal food truck. I'm like, oh, let me get some falafel. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. 
I cannot have the same interaction to God. And the reason why I'm using all those church examples is because look who Jesus is right in between. This is who he's right in the middle of. Jairus was the name of the man that came up to him, and it said that he was a leader of the synagogue. Guys, church wasn't here yet. Jesus was still here. He was getting ready to become the church. So the synagogue and the temple, that all preceded it. So this would have been the church equivalent. First of all, his name is in the scripture. They knew him. Whoever wrote his name, Mark, he knew that they knew this guy. He was known. And if he was a leader in the church, that means he was a campus pastor. When he comes up on the stage, he gets to hold the microphone. He gets a little name tag that comes up and says, campus pastor, Spencer Jackson. People know him. Look at, the, look at the way he approaches Jesus. In the scripture, it says, he came to him and he fell down at his feet. This series we're in is called FaceTime. Jairus had enough confidence or enough people knew him to maybe clear the way or his security detail was there or whatever that he got to come face to face with Jesus, have FaceTime, and then have feet time. He got to come through the front main doors. Not the woman. She didn't come through the main door. She didn't come from the front. It said that following from behind through the crowd, she had to reach out to just barely touch him. She's not the one who comes to the front door. She's, she's glad we got these little side entrances where she can duck past all the greeters, keep her hoodie up. She might wait till everybody's done getting coffee, sneak it, grab it, and go to the darkest place in the room because she's already invisible anyway. Maybe you've felt like that. Maybe you felt that because you've been invisible to the people of God, indictment on us, that you're invisible to God. Because if she was just lost in the crowd, that means nobody saw her. And if anybody did see her and knows her, they only knew her for her new reputation. Oh, that's the girl that's got that, um, you know, she got that. That's what they know. And I want to make this point clear before we go any further today. Because something that we do to people, something that we do to each other, and something that we receive from one another is we as people, we are good at being classifiers and categorizers and marginalizers, but not Jesus. Jesus is the equalizer. You ask Denzel, he knows. Jesus is the equalizer. He sets everybody on a level plane. When both of these people, Jairus and this woman, had an interruption, they equally needed Jesus, and Jesus was equally interested in both of them. You're not an interruption. You're an interaction. When you go to Jesus, you're not interrupting God's plans. You are God's plan. You are his plan. So hear that before we go any further today. And before we go any further, we're, we're going to have to keep talking about this woman. And I'm not getting in trouble. I'm not going to keep calling her the woman. I've tried that before, even just jokingly with my wife, woman. You know what her reply was? 
It's 2023, y'all. I don't want to get canceled on one of the few times I get to preach. So listen, I, I want to do something here. I want to give her a name just for the sake of this message, okay? Don't any of you load up your Bible and chuck it at me. I, ju I just don't want to say woman, okay? I I'm actually pulling this from some context, but I just, I want to give her a substitutionary name so we can give her a name. Let's give her some dignity. Look what she had to go through, okay? Can we lift her up a little bit? Like, I want to give her a substitutionary name, and I want to call her Tylita. Now, I love nicknames. It won't take me long before I get to know you for the first time, before I give you a nickname by the end of the conversation. Maybe shame on me, or maybe I just really care about people, but we're going to call her Tali for short. So both Jairus and Tali, they had these interruptions in their life. Jairus was rolling along. He worked for the best church in the city, <laughs> right? People know him. Hey, Pastor Jairus. Too bad about those 49ers. <laughs> hey, buddy. Too bad I know about your sins. <laughs> you know, you know, like, like, he, he knew people. He had a great life. And all of a sudden, somewhere in his life is interrupted with the threat of his daughter's life. Totally disrupts his life. It said that Tali had bleeding for 12 years. We don't know when it started, okay? We could probably have some theories about it, but maybe, maybe it didn't happen until later on. Maybe she had a TikTok and an IG like everybody else, and she knew how to hit the angles, and she was living life, and then one day, her accounts just go ghost. Because something, a sickness, a disease has interrupted her life, and in this culture, it's hands off. But what they both knew about their interruptions, what they both knew is that they could take their interruptions to Jesus. You guys know some of the same interruptions they had. You, you know the interruption of car accidents. You know the interruption of a random knock at the door. You know the interruption of a foreclosure. You know the interruption of the emergency room. You know these interruptions. But do you know like these two, that your interruptions could be introductions? You know your interruption is an introduction? But both of these two knew enough about Jesus that when these things interrupted their life, they knew who they could take it to for the answer. Because we have options. When our life gets interrupted, we can take it straight to the bottle and to the little red Solo cup. But eventually that Henny runs out. We can take it right back to our old addictions, but we already know how there's never enough of it. We can take our interruptions to the people that we want to blame, but we stay the same. We can take our interruptions all the way to the emergency room, but they don't have anything to prescribe for our soul. But if you take your interruptions to Jesus... Jairus had a crisis going on in his life. Let me tell you, whatever is driving you, Jairus, could be driving you to Jesus today. Your pain and your problems could be the pathway to the Prince of Peace. Push and pee, come on. If, if you see it like that, it's your choice to let it be an interruption or an introduction to Jesus. And I'm specifically using the word introduction because I know the majority of our community it's people who know Jesus. We know that. 
But there are some of you here, some of you online, and maybe you're not sure about that. Maybe even this church service is an interruption to you. Coming here today, maybe somebody drug you here and this has totally interrupted your pregame plans. If you're watching this on social media, we've interrupted your scrolling. I don't know why you stopped. Maybe your phone broke and now you're stuck with us. <laughs> but if by chance, knowing Jesus is something you are not 100% sure about, let me tell you, this interruption today could be your introduction to him. And what about for those of us that know Jesus? And if someone has an interruption and is seeking that introduction, but we get the interruption from their interruption, this is a lot. Like, what, what does that mean for us? Because what I see in this scripture is that when Jesus got interrupted, he turned them into invitations. So when people interrupt your life, when it comes to people, and maybe they're looking to find somewhere to take their interruption. Your interruptions are invitations, y'all. You could be the introduction to Jesus when someone brings you their interruption. I know y'all's life is rolling along. It was just like Jesus. Remember, he, in this scripture, he showed up. He was doing something. I don't know if he was coming to perform miracles or if he, he was going to do another mass sermon. I don't know. But the moment he got there, uh, uh, and some of y'all feel the same way. You know you got things in your life. You got pickups. You got drop-offs. You got to take the Christmas decorations down. Don't lie, they're still up. If the postseason doesn't go the way I want, you guys can guarantee my Christmas decorations will still be up in March. I just mope. I'm just like. You're already consumed in whatever you have in your laptop. Doing the things of life that you probably already have. You're probably already doing for people anyway. Let's pat yourself on the back. I guarantee you half of your day schedule is revolving around somebody you care about. Good. Good job. The last thing you need is a text from Tali. Hey, could we talk? Yeah, no. When you guys go to Sam's Club, you're on a mission. It's bought groceries, it's not the conversation place. Grab the eggs if they're there. Balk up now. The war is coming. Like, you, you got. So the last thing you need when you're on a mission in a place like that is to see Jairus in the other aisle. I don't care if you got four cases of water and your car's moving this slow. You see Jairus. Round the other way. Why? Because if he sees you, he's going to detain you in the toilet paper aisle and dump on you. (laughs) 
I have one job as a campus pastor, and it's to vet everybody that doesn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I'm never texting Spencer. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't. You better be laughing because you know this is what it feels like. Now imagine Jesus. Just imagine Jesus. And it's not that we don't care about people or what they're going through. You probably just feel like I only got so much to give and even less time to give it. But when you see Jesus in this scripture, he stops for everyone, not just the important ones. Everyone was important to him. He stops. Look in verse 30. He's going to go help Jairus, his first interruption. It says, and when this woman touches him, it says, when Ty Lee touches him, sorry, I gave her a name. When Ty Lee touches him, at once Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He was going to see Jairus. Who touched me? Who did that? He's sworn by people, so his disciples are like, this guy. You see these people crowding against you, his disciples, Andrew, and yet you're asking who touched me. You should be saying, do I still have my wallet? You're getting mugged out here. Like, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then Tylee, the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. Jesus did not, what you guys need to see here is Jesus did not have to stop. Remember, the moment she touched him, she was healed. He knew it. He could have kept rolling along with his day. He could have changed aisles and avoided her. He could have, she could have, maybe she did try to dip out. But when he turned around and said, who touched me? Why did he do that? Look at, she sent Jesus on a 180-degree turn. You're telling me that you're, you're an interruption? You're not an interaction? She flips Jesus around. But he didn't have to. Why? And I can tell you right now, he didn't need it for his confirmation. He did it for her confidence. The same reason why he would stop for you. Guys, when we slow down long enough, to love people like Jesus loves people. What starts out as them reaching out to you with their hand could turn into them reaching out to Jesus with their heart. If you see it as an invitation. And yes, let me give you a breather here. You're not Jesus, okay? But you are Jesus, representation to the people around us. And so, yes, you better have boundaries 
and priorities and schedules, you better. You need to have that. And what I'm saying is, if you are the kind of person who has built that into your life, then you're the kind of person that God can trust to turn an interruption into an invitation. And if he trusts you, then you need to trust him. Because our fear is that if we give ourselves to people that what's going to get dropped? What, what's going to get lost? What's going to fall through the cracks if I'm giving who I am to whoever needs it? And I'm going to tell you the same thing that Jesus told Jairus. Look at verse 36. Jesus is going to help Jairus. Tylee interrupts. He stops and takes time for it. Just imagine the ambulance because he was going to help, he was going to heal Jairus' daughter. Just imagine the ambulance rolling along, and when they get a, it makes them think about Taco Bell. Skirt, and they take a break, a lunch break in the middle of a train. Like, that's what Jairus felt like. He sees Jesus coming, like, oh, thank God, he's going to heal my daughter. Time is of the essence. What's he doing? Jesus, what are you doing? No, 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 please. Mine is important. Come on, no, no, what are you doing? Jairus' family pulls up, jumps out. Bro, it's too late. She's gone. What, what happened? I thought you had Jesus. He, I, he, was, he was, but he stopped. He stopped with this woman. I have no idea. Jesus overhears in verse 36. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't be afraid. Guys, don't be afraid to be a Jesus interaction, invitation, introduction, to the interruptions in your life because we're afraid of what, what's going to get dropped or what's going to fall through the cracks or my schedule is going to implode if I, if I give time to people that need it. Jesus goes to Jairus' house. He goes into the room. He clears everybody out. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heaven out of here. He goes into the room. He takes her hand, he speaks to her. Verse 42, immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. I hope this passage of scripture today is affirming you guys that you can take time. Take time with people. And trust God with plans. Take time with people. Trust God with plans. I want to close with this. I want to go back to this moment where Jesus, he stops and he turns around and he takes a moment of time for Tali. Now, I put a name in there, but what I want you to see is when Jesus goes back to her, my guess, if I'm allowed, is that our all-knowing God knew her name. He knew it. But we don't see in the scripture that he asked her for it or that maybe he called it out and said, I know who you are, and said her name. He doesn't. He bypasses her name, and he goes right to what matters most, her now new relationship with the Father and calls her daughter. Now, this is why I wanted to give her a substitutionary name. In verse 41, when Jesus, let's go back into the scene when Jesus goes to Jairus' daughter. 
clears everybody out. He goes into the room. He takes her hand. This is what he says. He took her by the hand and he said to her, Tylita, kum. There it is. Now, I picked that to give her a name. One, because I just think it's a beautiful name. So if you're expecting, you can thank me by card or, well, you know. But look what it means. Tailita kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. To close this out, I want to hand out a couple of Valentines. I know we have lady football fans, but if, let's be honest, guys, like, look, it gets us in trouble. So, ladies, I'm going to start with you first. I have a Valentine for you on this weekend that was taken from you by the Super Bowl. I have a Valentine for you. Not from me. From your father. When you are a daughter of the king, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they say about you. It doesn't matter what they know about you. It doesn't matter what you've been through or where you're going. It does not matter what horrible things he said to you when he selfishly walked out of the door. It doesn't matter what the imagery is handed to you that you're told to look like or who to be. It does not matter what reputation precedes you or what gossip is going to follow you. When you are a daughter of the king, he will never see you as anything less than his precious little Girl, Tylita Kum, little girl, I say to you, get up. Get your head up. Get your song up. Get your spirit up. Girl, get up. You are a daughter of the king. Where my dog's at? Oh. Fellas, Jairus got his name into this scripture. Guys, we know what our name means to us and we know the respect you better put on it when you say it. Fellas, there is no greater accomplishment, achievement, or title that you can attain that is greater than the one that you can't earn, which is to be, even if you're the man, a son of the king. So it doesn't matter to him whether you conquer this world or the world cast you aside, he will always see you as nothing less than his son. He loves you. Even in your mistakes and your accomplishments, he's proud of you. So stand up like a son of the king. Stand up for love. Stand up for what's right. Stand up for God. Be a lover and a fighter for your family. Live like you are a son of the king. And the reason I want to end with this feeling and this knowing of being a son and a daughter is because if you don't know for sure that that's you, all you need to do to be a son, to be a daughter of the king is to simply do what Tylee did and just reach out and touch Jesus today. Not with your hand, 
with your heart, not with your fingers, with your faith. And here's what you have to believe. This is all you need to believe to become a son and a daughter of the king. I want you to believe that Jesus' life was interrupted. Jesus' life here on earth first was interrupted by false accusations. It was interrupted by a wrongful imprisonment. It was interrupted by a beating. It was interrupted by a torture instrument called a cross. It was interrupted by the nails that put him on there. It was interrupted by the death and the grave that he went into. And just like the other interruptions, Jesus didn't just pardon these. He permitted these. (laughs) These are the ones he permitted because when he permitted these interruptions, it was to take with him all of our sin. Sin is the interruption that interrupted our relationship with God. It is at the root of every human wrongdoing, internal and external. And when he went to the grave, he took all of it with him into the grave so that we could be forgiven. And so Friday, he laid in a grave lifeless. Saturday, he laid in a grave lifeless. And the people left and they scattered and they go, well, I guess he wasn't who he said he was because he died. God couldn't die like that. His mother was crushed. His, his friends and his family and his disciples dispersed and they had to go about their way because that was it. That was the end. Until Sunday. Until Sunday interrupted it all. Until God said, pardon the interruption, Satan. Pardon the interruption, death in the grave. Pardon the interruption, sin and destruction. I'm going to need my son back because on this Sunday morning, I got plans to bring him back to life right about now. And so when God brings Jesus back to life, he makes it possible for us not only to be forgiven, but to be brought back to life like Jairus' daughter, like Jesus himself to forever have a relationship with God in eternity. If you want it today, all you need is a touch. Yes. Just say, yes, Jesus, I believe. And in this moment, if you're believing, remember this? Who touched me? Jesus is stopping and saying, fine, if you touch me today, who are you? Be identified, be recognized. When we put this QR code up on the screen that you see, don't just mull over it. This is Jesus saying, who touched me? Come on, who are you? Who believes? I know you already got what you need, but let me say, welcome home. And when Patrick does this every weekend, he goes, one of our pastors is going to follow up with you. You know who it is at this canvas? I can't wait to call you. I can't wait. Because all we want to do is say, son, daughter, welcome home. So please, if you made the decision today, hit this QR code. Or if this ain't your kind of vibe, talk to somebody at Next Steps. I'll be out there. I love, this is what I love to hear. Let us know. Our prayer team's coming forward now. We're closing. Fourth quarter, we're done. I know we went into overtime. But that makes great games. <laughs> Our prayer team's coming forward. Maybe maybe there's an interruption you need to take to Jesus today. Come on, take it to him. Don't take it anywhere else. Take it to Jesus. Pray for the interruptions in your life that you know are invitations. Go text them. Go follow up with them. Hey, I'm sorry I missed you. Come on. It could be an invitation to their introduction. Let me invite you to stand. How about we sing? (sighs) 
Let's sing the song of Jairus, what he felt that day. Jesus has brought us back to life. Let's sing like we've been brought back to life. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.